Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. Hey friends, I've got a question for you. What is your favorite sound? Is it the sound of your morning coffee brewing, the teapot hissing, birds chirping, or babies giggling? Maybe it's the sound of waves breaking or the fire crackling. Or perhaps it's the sound of 20 dirt bikes on the start line revving their engines. There are too many sounds that I love that it would be impossible to choose just one. For me, different sounds evoke different emotions. So depending on what kind of mood I'm in, the sounds I gravitate towards change. My next guest, Michael Jolly's earliest childhood memories are tied to sound. When Michael was just four years old, he remembers listening to the sound of the foghorns in coastal Maine. And around the same age, he created different sounds by spinning the dials on the tabletop radio. It was through an experience later on in life where Michael had to actively listen during a work project that he realized that one can't be thinking and active listening at the same time. And this is what led him to the development of his sound meditation products. Hey, Michael, so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Candice. Nice to talk to you. Hello, everybody. All right. Okay. Let's go back to your childhood where the journey began. So can you take us back to those first experiences that you remember having sound with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, before I go back there, but you mentioned, you know, the one, you, you mentioned a whole list of sounds that, that you know of or have heard or like or enjoy. I realized I've never heard 20 dirt bikes getting ready to, to ride. <laughs> I, I like I like to hear that. I've, I've been to stock car races. That's a lot. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that is one of my absolute favorite sounds as a former racer. I used to race a dirt bike. Yeah. And, uh, right. Yeah. And my sons, my oldest sons used to race too. So the sound, I don't know, there's like nothing like the sound of 20 dirt bikes on the start line, revving up, ready to go. And then when you add the race fuel, that kind of smells like a little hint of lime to it. Like that experience is absolutely <laughs> yeah. amazing. So that, that's wonderful. And how about, how about, um, you know, you're, you're up way up North. How about, um, we're, we're going to get to my, my, my stuff, but uh, I want to hear about, um, how about snowmobiles? Racing. Oh yeah. You can kind of hear them. Even where I live, there's a few farmers fields. Like I live in a little subdivision on the, the edge of town. So oftentimes in the winter in the farmers fields that are kind of close by, you can hear the snowmobiles kind of like screeching through, through mm -hmm. the fields. And that sound too is just lovely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, my, my earliest memories are sound memories, as, as you mentioned, and, um, and w one of those earliest memories was uh, much gentler um, than motorsports, um, uh, a bit more mysterious, too, um, and that's the sound of uh, foghorns in coastal Maine. I, I think that they might still be active. Um, you know, now there's a lot more uh, electronic navigation now, um, and um, b 
but when I was growing up, it was still really important that these um, lighthouses all had fog signals uh, to warn off uh, mariners of you know treacherous approaches to harbors, usually uh, rock outcropping or something. And um, my dad was working up at the uh, Portsmouth um, Naval Shipyard. It's uh, he worked for a company called. Uh, electric boat that's the electric boat division of uh, general dynamics they built um, submarines and um, you know i was really young so i was like four years old or something and all i knew was that my dad who's a big man my dad a big big man dad built big boats and a submarine is a boat not a you know, not a ship it's a boat uh and uh, that's all I knew, that he was off building the submarines. And I had in the backyard of this, uh, this rental place that we had up in, up in Maine, there was an oval-shaped rock. It's, maybe it was like six feet long, eight feet long, kind of oval. So it resembled, in my mind, um, the, the, you know, that sort of uh, tube-like shape of, uh, of a submarine. So I used to play this game of just standing out there and... Uh, playing a game of submarine and I was young enough to, that you know small enough that the I remember that the cattails you know the plants with the little fuzzy thing up at the top of them were at eye level so that's how small I was that to um, to be out there playing in the backyard my two younger brothers were probably still in the house they probably couldn't even go outside and play submarine so I was out there playing submarine by myself and and well, what you hear in, in some ports up in Maine are multiple foghorns from different lighthouses, different or or on the ships themselves, and they're and they're they each each horn has a has a particular frequency that it repeats at once every ten seconds, once every twenty seconds, and they're often um, two tone type of horns like that and um, they would overlap multiple horns would overlap and come in and out of sync and the fog would would roll in you know and sound reaches us through the through um, the air that's that's how sound is carried it's, it's um, the molecules of air are compressing and expanding and when the fog comes in and it's denser, it it, um, it attenuates, makes quieter some sounds. And then in other sounds, maybe the fog is lifted and, and those sounds are louder. So it's a very, very dynamic environment. And it's fog horns, multiple fog horns blowing and coming in and out and fading away and getting stronger. And I had a sense of being connected to something um, beyond that could be seen. Because remember, I'm standing in the fog. The fog's very, very dense, and I, and I can only see, barely see the house, maybe 50, 60 feet away. So it's, it's this um, solitary kind of experience, pure sound-based, but connected to something that is big, expansive, and beyond me. And that's, that's one of my first sound memories. Wow. Yeah, I love that. You can go back like the sounds just bring us back to those that time and space. We can drop right back into that. 
like sound is so powerful. So mm. yeah, you had this like expansive experience where you just felt at such a young age that there was something beyond like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you know, and, and that overlapping of the overlapping of repetitive sounds, this is a this is a, a, a fairly common compositional technique now. The music of uh, Brian, Brian Eno very famously started working with uh, loops of tape that would, that would move uh, and repeat. And uh, he would layer them one over, over the others and, and, um, and allow the sounds to basically comp make an make a aggregate composition sort of automatically. Um, so, I, you know, when I discovered the music of Brian, you know, well, well, 15 years later after hearing this when I was four or five, I recognized also a kindred spirit in, in Brian Eno, the composer, that he too, he too heard something like that and wanted to, um, to make music that reminded him of, uh, of this uh, psychoacoustic occurrence. Oh, I love that. Yes, trying to overlap. And you say tapes. I go back, like tapes were in my childhood. We had the Walkman. We used to sit in front of the TV when the MTV Countdown was on and record our mixed tapes. And like <laughs> right we did it TV. all. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally yeah. get the tapes. Things are definitely yeah. a little bit different with um, with sound today and our recording devices. But yeah. back to your childhood where you started with that experience with the fog and the, and the horns going off. But then you also had another experience where you were creating sound and way back then when the radio, I mean, there probably are here and there, but, um, the little tuning tuning mm -hmm. dials for the radio, you created your own sound. So what was that experience like? Yeah. Um, I, um, you know, I have a, I have a feeling about electronics, uh, particularly audio electronics, and and I've always called them my brothers. They they feel like brothers to me. They feel like they feel more like a being than a than an object. So I've had a kind of a reverence uh, for sound sound objects. So uh, this just a little bit older, maybe at this point, maybe five or six, and um, there was a. Uh, an AM band only. Back in those days, you know, it was uh, AM. FM hadn't really come into uh, and common use, usage yet uh, in the early 1960s. So there was still a um, just an AM band uh, radio up on the up on the kitchen counter, and I can remember again. I'm small because I had to reach up to the countertop and reach over the edge of the counter and reach back to the to the uh, to the radio. And of course, it has a tuning knob on there. And 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 those days, those radios are were all analog circuitry, including the analog tuning. If you buy a radio now, it's it's something called um, frequency synthesized tuning, and it sounds it sounds more like you're just flipping from one YouTube channel to the next. And it back, but but early on, one station would bleed into the, the other as you crossed, faded from one radio frequency, radio station frequency into the next. So you would get this wonderful um, cross-fading mashup of voices and music singing, and then this static, we love the static, 
And then, and then, and then the, you know the, the the corny little bits of um, of uh, jingles, radio jingles, you know, or whether it's the "What's the weather going to be today?" Uh, <laughs> that that kind of stuff. So it's all it's all mashed up. And then I'm having a great time doing this, spinning really fast, spinning the dial back and forth really fast, just to hear the mashup of it all. Again, being connected to a bigger world, activity beyond myself. Um, and my mother says, she says, uh, Michael, don't do that. You're going to break the radio. And, and in that moment, I knew, I knew, and I felt that I knew something my mother didn't know. And this is a, this is, I don't know when the first time you, you know, how old you are when you had this experience, but you know, well, wait a minute, she's my mother, but she's supposed to know everything. She doesn't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but what she didn't know, I said, I said, I said, but ma, Somebody put the knob on the radio to tune. <laughs> and, and it was like, you know, she was objecting to the, the fashion in which I was tuning it too, too fast. And maybe, maybe, and maybe she didn't like the sound of, of all those stations being mashed up together. But for me, um, that's, that's, again, uh, recognizing um, a sound experience. But now... As you point out, I have some authorship over it. I have a creative, a, a creative uh, way of of um, interacting with with those sounds. With the foghorns, I couldn't make any foghorns. You know, they were just out there. I could observe them as an observer. But the mm. but with the radio, it's like, oh yeah, I can I can have some control and authorship here. And I remember another time watching a little bit later. Um, public television, there was some show, it must have been a show about modern composition techniques. And I can just, re I can remember this. This is not so much of a sound memory, but it's a visual, but it, but it really set me off on a path. I remember seeing someone splicing tape, d demonstrating how to splice, cut and splice and tape back together, join um, uh, magnetic recording tape, quarter inch magnetic tape and how that used to be done is it was like a little aluminum block that you, you sit in front of you and then you would take the two pieces of tape or start with one piece of tape put it in the slot make a diagonal cut get rid of the piece that you don't want keep the piece that you do want and then find another one that you want to join it to also cut that on a diagonal and then put the splicing tape there and now you've you've um, taken two sounds and joined them together eliminating something that you didn't want so that that's that was another way of saying oh yeah you can sound can be a plastic material a, a plastic medium that i can manipulate so now i've got a love of sound how it makes me feel present in the world i i've discovered one technique which is using a knob to crossfade between multiple sounds, and then then the other is oh, okay. You can work on magnetic tape. And then by the time I was, I think I, when I was twelve, I got my first tape tape recorder, and then started working on tape when I was twelve. Okay, so did you? You talk about authorship and just consuming. Did you prefer one over the other? Hmm. Let me like. Let me, let me remember, let me think about that. I, I think, 
early on, like, you know, from the point that I had this little, it was a little reel-to-reel. It's called a Craig 212. Craig 2, you can look it up on eBay and find them. Craig 212, reel-to-reel, portable, battery-operated, reel-to-reel tape recorder, mono, three-inch reels. And um, I would just, um, you know, put the thing behind the chair or the sofa and then leave the microphone out and just record my family. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did you tell them? Do they have any idea? No, or were you no, just no, no. No, I love that. And also, you know, do that at family gatherings when there's, you know, the the grandparents are around, cousins and whatnot. Um, so, so it's it it was it was more. It felt more like hunting, hunting gathering, at that point. And then um, it was really much later that um, this became something where um, I wanted to do something with these recordings, rather than than just. Um, listening to them and, and, you know, collecting them. So, to, to, so, so I, so yeah, the hunting gathering came first and then the manipulation uh, came later. Okay. So sound followed you throughout your childhood. Um, you were hunting gathering. So did you get into, I guess, sound um, right away when you got into like into work or was this something that kind of evolved over time yeah but by the time i was 14 you know about the time when 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 most like when i was coming up you know the beatles were popular and people were getting interested in drums bass and guitar everybody had to get you know one of those two things three things and um i um i already was had a tape machine and i already was starting to make recordings and i just wanted to get more recording material so so while friends of mine were getting instruments and starting to, you know, play in cover bands and write music, I was always the guy in town uh, from the time I was 14 years old to when I was 12, 20 and left to go to San Francisco. Um, I was the guy who could make recordings. So there was, it was a rich, rich um, uh, opportunity because there were a lot of people around me who were learning and some, there were actually some, some very good, very good players. Um, uh, by the time I was in high school and, um, and I had a number of gigs, uh, where, um, I was like the, uh, another member of the band. Um, there's one band I worked for. It was a big, uh, it was like a, a big show band for a 10 piece. And at one point, these guys decided that they would all take a 10% pay cut and then give me one-tenth of their share so that I could be paid as a member of the band, uh, schlep the equipment around as a roadie, set it up, do the mixing, do the, do the recordings. So I, I had a, a professional relationship with, with sound and sound recording from about the time I was 16, I guess. Wow. So yeah, obviously if they're willing to take a cut and hire you as one of the, one of the members, then you must have been doing something, something yeah, it good. Was, it was a real vote of confidence. It, it was really kind of a vote of confidence that they recognized the importance of what, of what someone in my position could bring to their, to what they were giving to an audience, you know, to help them sound their best live and, and, uh, and, and recorded, you know, to make demo tapes for to get other gigs so it was uh, it really validated to me pretty early on that you could you could not only um 
like in my earliest experiences, be connected to the great beyond, manipulate that connection, and then get paid for it. This is a beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. All of the dots are connecting. Yes. When <laughs> yeah, you can do yeah. what you love and mm-hmm. get paid for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I said, I said, I, I left, uh, left home. I went to a two year, just a two year technical college because I wanted to get on with living is what I wanted to do. I, wanted to, <laughs> I went, to, I commuted to, to a two year technical college. And when that was finished, um, I went immediately to, to San Francisco because I heard there was a, a recording engineering program there, you know, learn how to be a recording engineer to, for the, to make music in the in the big studios. Well, there there were only four of these programs. This is a very common thing now. You go to any community college, there's like a program for recording engineering. But there was only four at that time. And um, I used to subscribe to a magazine called um, Recording Engineer Producer, R-E-P. And, the, and there was an article about these four programs. One was at the University of Miami. One was in San Francisco, and there were two others, and I don't remember where those other two were, but there was a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge and the fog, that, that luscious, dense, thick fog that rolls through the hills of Marin and b- rolls over, dips down into the valleys, Noe Valley and Castro Valley, and, and uh, coming through the Golden Gate Bridge. I said, that's the place where I'm going to go. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Like that's the place where it started. That is the place. The fog is where you're led to next. So off to San Francisco, you went. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there, um, um, worked in a pizza shop uh, for a little while, but before long, I, uh, someone said, Hey, uh, I know that this, uh, there's this guitar shop that's, um, looking for some help and this this is a really interesting guitar shop it was called um stars guitars and they were um uh, an offshoot of the grateful dead's larger organization the grateful dead had a you know they had this big giant sound system that they used to tour with and it was a very very um uh, innovative um sound system um so the people who started that um who created that sound system and created the the way it was um built and how the microphones were wired in particular um also built instruments uh in particular uh ba- electric bass guitars there was a particular style of, of building an instrument uh solid body solid body um bass guitars and um those people then left alembic and started stars so there was this um lineage for me um, and I, at this point, you know, I'm only 20, 21 years old, and these guys were a generation older, Vietnam vets. Two of these guys were in Vietnam at the same time on the opposite sides of the same hill during the Tet Offensive and didn't know that they were both there until they were individually telling me this story in San Francisco at this guitar shop. And it was like a, a, an amazing a, a moment of epiphany, that, you know, that these two guys recognized it. They're each other as brothers, not just from having served at the same time, but they were in the same place at the same time. Um, uh, so that it was a, it was an amazing uh, environment for me to to learn from some uh, world class mentors in um, 
instrument building. So I did some instrument building and played in um, uh, punk rock bands while I was there. I like to say I mis misspent my youth in San Francisco. <laughs> well, okay. So you were initially um, capturing other people and their their music in their bands, and now you are in the band. What instrument did you play? Oh, there I was. Um, I was a guitar player. I had a 1963 SG, 1963 Gibson SG, which um, I when the when the Who broke up, I I smashed it up. You know, because Pete Townsend <laughs> used to smash up his his SGs. So when they, the Who broke up, I said I'm going to celebrate and bash up my own SG. Well, it turns out that that guitar is probably worth ten thousand dollars now, which I, <laughs> which I I don't have anymore. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I was I was playing, but also recording. So there was there was a a, a wonderful little community organization in San Francisco in the Hate in the Hate Ashbury uh, at that time called the Hate Ashbury Community Radio slash People's Media Collective. You know, wow. we, uh, it was, yes, it was sort of a um, 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 a Maoist outfit. <laughs> a Maoist, uh, a Maoist uh, media, power to the people uh, media. We used to, so we used to produce radio shows for um, KPFA in Berkeley, and, and so I would record my band in this in this facility, little um, little four track recorder. Um, nothing of note came of that, other than the fact that um, I got to play and and uh, meet some people and. Um, and and uh, you know, the punk thing, the punk uh, era, that was the first few years of, of punk, you know, just not the East Bay scene that, that grew up with the Dead Kennedys and um, th those bands later on. But this was the very, very earliest days of, of um, you, you know, contemporaneous with uh, the Sex Pistols and the Clash, those bands. Um, and uh, at one point uh, I was playing with some guys and they said, you know, uh, we should go back east and get one. One, one guy was from um, Portland, Portland, Oregon. He and he has to this day, and he's someone I'm still in touch with after you know 40 years. And uh, he's got he's got this really wonderful sort of laconic Western drawl. He says, "Hey, hey, Michael, hey, Michael, we should go back east and get snowed in and write songs." I said, I, so he really wanted to do that. So he convinced me that we should all the three of us the three, the three guys were all working at this stars guitars shop and uh we'd, we'd go back east and uh give up our job at the, at the uh, guitar shop go back east and um write songs because he had gone to um, a, a liberal arts college in vermont so he wanted to have that vermont snow hills experience again well he, he didn't last back east more than like a month and then, then the other guy who was the other guitar player, uh, when our unemployment insurance ran out, he went back to his mom's house in Detroit, and then that <laughs> left and that left me in you know in Boston, flopping between my parents' house and and Boston and uh, and uh, uh, connected with the woman who became my uh, my first wife and mother of my children and and uh settled down and then worked for um for 15 years uh, a really seminal and important uh audio professional audio product company um called dbx uh they used to make um 
noise reduction systems, uh, compressors, limiters, uh, uh, competed with Dolby uh, Labs. And that is where I had this experience that um, I recognized that you can't be listening intently with intention and be thinking at the same time. Okay. That's, that, that's, that's like a, a meditative practice. Because we, we used to make these, these we, we used to make a, a complete sound system for, for motion picture um, theaters. Uh, the, the, the loudspeakers, the, the amplifiers, the, the signal processors, the whole thing, soup to nuts or, or, or from optical soundtrack through the speakers. Uh, and my job was to, uh, to tweak these circuits, design circuits, tweak circuits, and listen to them. So I would take a circuit breadboarded, take it downstairs to the, to the um, uh, screening room that we had in the basement and uh, listen to the, the quality of the circuit and listen to how it's, how it's processing the film soundtrack. And because we were working on noise reduction equipment, my job was to listen at the threshold of audibility. The quietest, quietest sounds. You know, when you're when you're watching a movie, um, a lot of the, the the sounds are laid in in post production. Like when when you see a dress move, or the latch closes on a on a briefcase or something. All that stuff is laid in after the fact. It's called foley, uh, with a capital F, because it was a uh, an art a sound artist called uh, foley, last name foley. So all this work is now called foley. So it was important to be able to differentiate this foley, these very, very quiet sounds from the noise floor of the optical soundtrack. So that's the kind of work I was doing was like really, really, I was, dialogue is really easy, right? Dialogue's loud. Explosions are even louder. Just like, just jam them onto the, onto the recording and then just let them be really loud. But the, 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 the challenging area of um, magnetic tape recording and, and optical recording is down with the really, really quiet sounds. So I would listen, listen to the qualities of the, of the Foley, listen to the quality of the wind, you know, and then how, how does that lay against the noise of the soundtrack? So it was in those moments with really intense, intentional listening that I said, wow, I'm aware that I'm aware, but I'm not thinking. And as soon as I start to thinking, I start thinking, I'm not doing my job well because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really paying attention. It's a great experiment. Anyone can do this anytime. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's like a meditative practice that you were, that you kind of found through your work on this project. So mm-hmm. when you first kind of discovered this, um, did you reap some of the rewards of like meditation as your going through or did that kind of come later it, it, it came much later you know this this uh, I, I think I had this realization in um, let's see what year for that particular project 19, 1988 1988 so so I have this thought oh that's a kind of a meditation but but you know I still was thinking like oh you know how a lot of people now will say Meditation. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either it's either goofy, right? It's either, meditation. Oh, that's goofy. Oh, or I can't do that because my mind doesn't want to do that kind of thing. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I wasn't. Um, I I knew that it was a. I, I 
as far as I got with it was saying, oh, that's a kind of meditative practice for, for people who do that kind of thing. That this could be really handy to, to, to tell someone, hey, dude, you could, <laughs> you could meditate this way, but, it's not, but I'm, not, I'm not doing it uh, myself. Uh, it wasn't until much, much later, uh, 1995, So 97 years later, um, discovered um, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And um, this, this book really spoke to me directly. And uh, the idea that you could uh, pay attention to the moment intentionally, uh, be here now. Oh, the funny thing about Eckhart is uh, when I first got this book, and I had this book a long time before I read it, and when I when I heard about it, and I said, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll download that onto my Kindle and maybe look at it uh, because you can download all these books for free." I get it, and I spin through my Kindle a little bit, and then I remember my mind told, said, "I said, oh yeah, Eckhart Tolle, he's one of those be here and now guys. <laughs> tell me, tell me something new." <laughs> You know, I was already so dismissive of, you know, the be here now, guys. Well, it's a big, it's it's really important to be here now because that's that's all we got, you know. And the, the, the now is all that happens. The past is a memory. The future is a projection. Uh, so the now is really important. Um, and happening right where you are is the here and the being. This takes me back to standing on the rock in the fog before my mind got really active. I'm having, I'm having a really kind of a soulful experience, the being. I'm just being here on this rock with those foghorns and this fog being, not doing. So, so when I discovered Eckhart and, 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 uh, and the power of now, and that it really helped get me through a very uh, challenging patch in my life, and I became much more interested in intentional uh, awareness, presence, awakening, sometimes you can call it that, just uh, paying attention. And I remembered that I had some very, very early experiences that were, were that, were experiences of being here now, tuning the radio, listening to um, uh, those film soundtracks, being here now. And um, around 1990, I had, I had gotten uh, fascinated by pure sine wave tones. Uh, this, it's kind of like the sound, uh, the sound of a tuning fork. It's very, very, very pure. And what kind of... Um, they're, so they're like, they're like foghorns, but in higher frequencies and the, the foghorns are very low because low frequencies can travel a long ways but tuning forks are generally mid-range instruments or uh, um, so my interest in presence and listening and by that time you know i had been an audio product design professional for quite a few years. So a lot of this, all of these tracks were coming together and, and digital recording equipment starting to happen and it's getting more affordable. Battery technology is better. Uh, so it's now possible to, to, to 
deliver an experience in pure tones to people um, to help them have the experience like what I was having in very early, in very early ages and then later on, which is to be simply paying attention intentionally to sound in the present moment. And that, and that is the product that uh, we um, released um, just about four and a half years ago called Now Tone Therapy System. Looks like two loudspeakers, two little loudspeakers that just play for three minutes. So it's a three-minute meditation aid. That is absolutely unbelievable. I just found out about these little speakers. I have them with me here, and I just listened to them actually before we jumped on. And I recently got them. And I feel like, well, my son before bed will turn them on. When mm. I wake up in the morning, I'm trying to break my habit of like reaching for tech right away. And it's like mm -hmm. my my three minutes to start my day. And then I've got these, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I put on my speakers, um, my big earmuff looking speakers sometimes through the day as I'm wandering around the house doing chores. And now I've started to, um, put on, I'm, I'm skipping forward, but we won't go too far. Um, the live streamed mm. app mm -hmm. sounds, and that's yeah. what I'm listening to. And I feel like even in this short period of period of time, the first time that I played these speakers, um, that sound that came through was like my body pulsated it was like yeah. so just dropped into the moment and aware and and there being just being so present these speakers i absolutely like love 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 yeah thank thank you for that candace you know i i still get and i've been listening i started the, the development work on this um six years ago and i still get a relaxation response within probably six or eight seconds, you know, like a, an involuntary, uh, you know, sigh of release. And this, every time I listen to Now Tone Therapy, and, 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 and what's remark, one of the remarkable, is there's a lot remarkable about it. First of all, it's a channeled, it's a channeled thing. It's a channeled being, it's, it's a, you know, I had the chops to build this thing and to modify something, another a stock speaker, and to get it to do what I want it to do. But really, uh, you know, I didn't, I did not invent the harmonic series. That's that's a, a series of tones in the in relationship of one, two, three. I didn't do that. Source did that, and um, so it really feels like a channeled being or a channeled teaching. A wordless channeled teaching is what now tone therapy feels like to me, um, and it's. One of its most, there are two things that are really beautiful about it. One, you just press on. There's, there's no, there's nothing to load. There's no boot up. There's no syncing. There's no, there's no, you know, Bluetooth syncing. There's nothing. It's, it's just, and it doesn't do anything else besides play these tones. You can't, you can't put your own music into it. It doesn't play the radio. I took all that stuff out. It's just, it's just press the on button and then the tones come on. So it's, it is the easiest, quickest aid to having a meditative experience through sound that exists. There's nothing like it. It's just absolutely remarkable. Uh, and then the three and a half minutes is sort of another inspired 
bit of brilliance um, that um, every, everyone's got three minutes in a day to do self-care. You can do it twice a day. More, you wake up in the morning and you hit the button and you listen for three minutes. You go to bed, hit the button, and listen for three minutes. Everybody, every, Anybody can do that, three minutes, six minutes. And as a teaching, as a, as a, as a, as a spiritual teaching, as a, as a, as a non-linguistic spiritual teaching, let's look at this for a minute. So you have these two speakers. You say, oh yeah, you, you, you get the intention. Like it starts with an intention. I have the intention to listen now to the now tone therapy system. I'm getting this idea. This is a, I'm getting an the idea, the inspiration, the intention. I pick up the speakers. I press on on one of the speakers, and I press on on the other speakers, and then they're they're toning. From and the tones don't come as soon as you press on. It's not like a light switch. You know, light switch. You flick the light switch, the light comes on right away. It's supposed to work like that. Now, on the other hand, I intentionally put a gap, in a time gap in there so that you, you press the on button and then it's still silent. And then the tones emerge. But you, the listener, are the author. This is a cre intentional, creative act. You are doing in miniature what Source does when it creates. This is really powerful to think that you are a creator. Press that button. Have the intention. Press that button. Have an action. Sit in that stillness. Then the tones emerge. The tones are changing. Every time you listen, it's different. It's engineered that way. It's always different. The, set, the type of sounds that you hear are always the same. The frequency range that you that will be played is always the same, about an octave and a half. Always pure tones. But their arrangement of them is always different every single time. It's a unique moment in sound that's never been heard before and will never be heard again exactly that same way. And then, about three minutes later, three and a half minutes, slowly fades out, stillness, and the speakers shut off silently. This is a complete life cycle, the way of all forms, all life forms, all things that we see as inanimate objects emerge from somewhere, evolve, change, get destroyed, dissolve naturally, unnaturally, whatever it is. This is the way of the world. In three minutes, you get to experience in miniature a create. A creative, a profoundly creative act that dissolves. I don't know of anything else that I've ever experienced in my life that gives me the feeling of being a participatory creator in the same way. And when you, <clears throat> excuse me, you saying that, what it, this brings me back to like the beginning of our conversation when you said for you, that your, some of the devices that you had, the sound devices weren't just like objects to you. They were like a brother, you know, yeah. oh, a absolutely. being 
And I feel like these speaker, these speakers are probably the first actual Mm. um, device like that, that feel like that for Mm. me, that it's not just an object, that it's, there's something different about it. And yeah, like you said. That you say that. Um, I don't know that anyone's has actually told me that and have, you know, recognized the beingness of, of something that it looks like speakers. Yes. There's, there's just something like I, yeah, these, it's just something different. It's not just an object. These things are like coming with me everywhere. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, I love too, that your, that your son likes to use it. And, and, you know, because it's not didactic, you know, especially with teenagers, uh, you're not going to tell a teenager how to meditate. Mm. Don't tell me how to do that. I'll do it. I'll, if, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my own way, right? if I'm going to do it at all. So there's no teaching um, uh, folks of, of that age. So, so we have seen that um, very young people love them. A three-year-old, four-year-olds. We is uh, we're on Amazon, and I, I love to look at the reviews on Amazon. Um, there was one early on where um, a, I think a father was sharing that uh, his daughter would come home from nursery school, and and she would say, "Can can we listen to the bells again tonight?" Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah, three, my son's seven. And the first time he played them and held on to them, he was just mm. like, wow. Mm. And I feel like my, my husband's going to be so lucky because he's going to get it through osmosis in the morning beside the <laughs> bed and at night. Mm-hmm. And he'll just mm-hmm. reap all of the rewards and all of the benefits, yeah. um, you know, through, through me until he eventually mm-hmm. decides mm-hmm. he needs his own. So he's just going to get it. Yeah. Through osmosis osmosis at this point, but, um, what are some of the, I don't know if it would be downloads or like just being present, like what, what has come from this meditative practice for you in your life? Oh, um, I'm uh, happier, more relaxed, less, uh, far, far less reactive, uh, uh, able to sit in, um, in moments of, uh, that would be stressful or that I would be, be reactive and, and gain enough space between whatever the thing is, whatever the, the, the stimulus, whatever the trigger is, and what formerly would have been a very automatic, dysfunctional kind of uh, reactivity. Uh, so, so gaining, uh, gaining space and time, uh, big, big benefit. Uh, another is, um, kind of this, uh, feeling of, uh, of connection, uh, being connected to what is greater. This is, this is a very old theme for me, you know, going back to the foghorn. So being, being connected to what's that, it, what is greater, what is intelligent, um, it's heart opening too. I think. I think, um, particularly the new thing, the, the 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 app, the app that we just brought out, Solu uh, Tone Stream. Those sounds were engineered uh, differently. They were um, created um, uh, slightly differently. They're they're deeper. 
It's a slower moving experience. You know, one of the first things that people did ask us, of course, is they say, we love now tone therapy, but can you make it longer? And um, we were always hesitant to do that because we, we know, now presented itself to us as a three minute experience. And I wanna honor, always honor that and just leave that as it is in its perfection. And besides, it's a wonderful opportunity to accept the isness of what is there. Uh, it's not it's not hard to accept uh, uh, now tone therapy as we were talking about right it's, lo it's lovely sound it comes and goes uh, and so what's what people are not accepting is their own impatience uh, or, or, or or desire willfulness to um, extend that so um, about about three years into having now tone therapy again the idea inspired thought comes in that oh I know I now know how to make a new thing that will both honor the three-minute perfection of now tone therapy, but also allow people to have a longer listening experience. Because that's a, that's a legitimate consumer request, right? They're, they're a meditator. They say, I want to do this thing. I want to have it with my meditation for 20 minutes. Uh, acupuncture practitioner, I want to have it last long enough to do a complete uh, um, acupuncture session. I said, okay, we. what I came up with is... When you listen to the tone stream, the left and the right sides, and if you're listening in headphones or speakers, the left and the right speakers are nearly the same as the now tone therapy speaker content. But right down the center, in what we call in audio engineering a phantom center, when you listen to music, when you hear the, in, in stereo, when you hear the voices, the singing, this, the singing is always in the middle between the speakers. So, or on headphones, it sounds like it's in the middle of your head, not on the left or the right. That's called phantom center because there's no speaker there. So it's a phantom image of, of center. All that center channel information is new. It was recorded in the past year. It's deeper, slower. There are, there are these very gentle swelling tones that sort of swells up in volume and then swells down in a, in a fade. Uh, there's fewer strike tones. So it's the, the content of now of solo tone stream really is intended to for the long haul to, to listen to it for extended periods of time. It's um, it's you can I like to I have a phrase called sound conditioning. You can leave it on in your in your space at workspace at home. Just leave it, let it be a part of, uh, of your space. And doing other things. We have a phrase we, 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 uh, we coined called um, play with life. So you could play tone stream with whatever you're doing. Um, doing your chores, studying, whatever. Just set the volume very, very um, quietly and just let it go. So it's, it's engineered and designed and created to support that kind of longer listening. But it's related to the original hardware speaker-based product, which is only three minutes and will only ever be three minutes. But they're completely differentiated. I've been listening to both for, for years. The tone stream is about, well, the tone stream is about a year old, in, in prototype, is about a year old. And then uh, uh, now tone therapy, original work started in 20, summer of 2016. So um, I, I, I love them both. They're both my brothers. Mm hmm. And the, the app just recently launched May mm -hmm. 
Yeah, 31st. last week. Yes. Yeah. Well, May, May 31st, yeah, right. Yeah, May 31st, last week, the, the app launched. So I have the app now. That's like my, yeah, long, long-term, like you said, putting it on the background. Um, mm -hmm. It's portable too, right? It's more, more yeah, portable. Portable, you can take it wherever you go. And I love that it is, it's the live stream. Well, that's that's another aspect, uh, the brilliant uh, insight that, that came to us. Um, that when you are listening to the tone stream, someone else in the world is listening at the same time, and you're having a unit, you're having a unit, unity experience. Yes, like, I don't know, could it get any better? I don't know. I just love how, <laughs> um, what's the word? It it's so simple. The simplicity of the, mm -hmm. of the you know. The, the noun soul therapy speakers, the three oh, yeah. minutes, the on button, there's no, nothing yeah. else. And like, when I talked to you before, briefly, you were talking about this app. There's, there's no gamification. Mm -hmm. There's no, um, ads. It's just simple that I feel like that's where we need to get back to is strip things down to simplicity, to just enjoy and yeah. be more present and yeah, strip back some of that. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that um, that the hardware product came to us first because the hardware product really establishes a benchmark for simplicity. Mm -hmm. Have the intention, pick up the speakers, press on. That's a benchmark for simplicity. Now, the the, the tone stream, of course, is on your phone. It's it's still pretty easy, but you do have to either plug in headphones if you're if if you still have a phone that has a head phone jack. I understand that many phones are taking the headphone jacks out of phones. So you have to Bluetooth. And that means you're going to have to sync to whatever your listening device is. Uh, so that's a, that's a couple steps to, to sync to a speaker or headphones, earbuds, whatever. Uh, launch the app. It's one button to launch the app and one button, uh, one touch, one touch, you touch the logo from your, on your screen to launch the app and then touch it again. And the stream starts. So it's really only two two touches to start the tones with this intervening step of making sure that you've got headphones or something plugged in to listen to it. And that and that is that. So your sound journey started just when you were just a little one hanging mm -hmm. in the fog and yeah. look look how far it has yeah. come. Yeah, uh, it's 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 remarkable, but and anyone can do this in, in any life. Um, and, and and perhaps you know you can look back over the over the arc um, of your life and see where were these moments of excitement and where were these moments of connection, where are these moments of curiosity, and um, and I'll bet that there's some kind of thread that runs through them that might continue to point you towards um where, where, where that next um what that next stepping stone is going to look like mm -hmm. doesn't have to be sound you know it's anything but it's anything that's um, exciting and curious makes you feel connected alive absolutely and you were just like you said being that mm -hmm. word of like yeah. back to being if you can find a space, yeah, a common thread of where you just are yeah. and dropped in and alive and excited, then 
that's definitely a path to get curious about or to follow and see where it leads. Because when you, yeah, look back or start from a place from that kind of place, um, what can unfold can be so absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always, it's it's unique, right? Everyone's unique and and their their paths are going to be unique. This is, this is, this is a great plan. You know, source, source said, I want to experience it all. (laughs) <laughs> I want to have I want to have every different kind of experience that there is and I need you Candace to have yours and I need you Michael to do it your way because I want that experience for b- us both to have yes. I love I love participating in this this is Oh amazing. I love that yes it's also unique and we all have to do our mm-hmm. our own version of whatever that looks like so the rest yeah. of the, mm-hmm. um yes. okay I have one last question for you. Okay. Is there anything else that you can look back on that has given you the same kind of presence or being or excitement that isn't related to sound? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida now. Before we moved down here, I moved down here to join a startup accelerator. I didn't expect I would be in Florida, but I love it now. Uh, I was up on Cape Cod, and I used to have a tandem kayak. This is a you know plastic roto molded tandem kayak, and I put an aftermarket sail kit on this kayak. So I could take this thing out into Nantucket Sound or out into Scorton Creek and go head back up into the creek from from Barnstable Harbor on Cape Cod. And and so I, I would take it out and paddle into the wind. And and if you keep if you keep paddling on one side, you can keep the bow of this little craft pointed within 35, 40 degrees of, of, of the headwind, really, really tack very closely to the wind. That takes an incredible amount of presence because the waves, the wind is blowing the waves across the craft, you know? So, so when it's really the waves, when the waves are getting really uh, tall and for something like that, you know, a two foot swell is like, you get one of those things that breaks over the top of, of a, of a kayak, you're going to be swamped mm-hmm. instantly. So you have to swing the bow, swing the bow into the waves and meet the wave head on. The, the, the seventh, you know, people who live in, um, have a relationship with the with the sea know this that the waves come in sets, and then there's a there's a big one, regularly, seven something like that, seven or eight waves is the, the big one is it's going to come in. So you have to paddle, paddle, paddle. And then really paddle and swing the bow into meet the wave and then allow it then can continue back on the path the tack that that i was on before um coming back in with the wind at, at, at your back is is was easy but when i was on the water i'm living wave motion Sound is wave motion. Sound is energy. Sound is, as we said before, compression and rarefraction of sound pressure. So it's a sound pressure wave, tight 
expansive, tight, expansive, happening hundreds of times a second, and that we interpret as sound. But we're when you have a sound experience, you're having um, a vibratory experience that your ear interprets as what we call sound, tone. But when you're on the water like that, coastal water, where you've got one foot, two foot, three foot swells in a really, really tiny little craft, you are living wave motion. And it takes an incredible amount of presence of mind. I would go out there for a couple of hours. And I don't think I had a single thought <laughs> over <laughs> over two hours. Like because you, you know, there's no time for, for doing thinking because it's it's dangerous, you know. And sometimes it can be dangerous. Uh, so you have to have an incredible presence. So, um, but similarly, it it was a wave motion experience, but lower frequency waves. You know, the waves come every four or five seconds. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Just being full, fully mm. present in those moments. And you found yeah. multiple ways to just yeah. really, really be present. I feel like that is hard sometimes in, in today. I mean, if you're intentional about it and seek it out and get curious, then, um, then it's available, but we really have to, I, I don't know, make a decision or decide or, mm -hmm. or yeah. step into it and yeah. get intentional so that we can Absolutely. have those experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, so much begin. I mean, it, it all begins with intention. Mm -hmm. that, that's an aha moment right there to, to think that, oh, wait a minute. I, I've been kind of like being, tossed by the waves of life instead of saying i'm in i'm i'm going to be aware now for for a change for a few seconds at a time i'll be intentional that, that just changes everything this is uh because otherwise um you know life is a series of um reactive moments rather than being creative moments wow i think we can leave it at that absolutely Brilliant. That, that was a that was a fast um hour yes i know that just <laughs> flew by i feel like it was just just in the flow it felt so like the energy i felt on my side i was just um i just have to say to the audience too this is the first time uh michael when we started suggested turning off the cameras we're on zoom right now so we had to really um just it was a sound experience exactly what he's all about so as i'm sitting here on the other side i feel like i've been smiling the whole time the energy is <laughs> yeah, like, yes this is amazing <laughs> like just feeling it all and it was a different type of experience having both cameras turned off the whole time really just listening in so that was absolutely beautiful i thank you for coming on and sharing sharing your journey your sound journey and mm. i'm so excited to to now kind of be a part of it with this now tone therapy and the new app and i cannot wait to see your journey continue to unfold thank you I, I, thank you thank you for finding us and um 
and inviting me to spend some time with you is really uh, really lovely. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm still thinking. So when I'm thinking, I'm thinking about more products and services. So I've got some other ideas too. Okay, before we sign off, first, where can everybody find you? Find the the now tone therapy. Find mm-hmm. the app. Like, do you want to share what else is coming? like what inspiration or creativity you're working on now, share all of this so we can all, I feel like everybody needs a set of these speakers, these (laughs) three minute speakers. Thank goodness I found them. Um, But yeah, where can we all find this and what um, what's coming up next? Sure. Um, It depends if you want to, you can get it from on Amazon or you can get it directly from our website. Um, Amazon quick shipping, uh, almost 600 reviews, um, 80% five star, um, just love, love, love. So, so, so Amazon will give you the best place to, to read what others say in their own words. The Amazon really does a great job at that. Um, the experience when you, if you buy from us, um, is we have over the top customer care. You will not believe if, if you want to have an amazing experience, um, talk to Ruane, R-U-A-N-E, Ruane. Uh, she's our customer care person. Um, and she will just take care of you. Um, Amazon, uh, quick, so many, many places in the country, um, in the world. Are, well, North America, you can get them almost ne- next day. They're so popular now that it you know, now is distributed through uh, the Amazon network so it's almost available for next day delivery so amazon that product the the hardware speaker is called now tone therapy system now tone therapy system just do a search on amazon you find that uh our website is um now by solu and it's by n-o-w-b-y-s-o-l-u now by solu and that's direct the uh, the app the app is called Solu Tone Stream, and that's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Or you can go to solu.app. That's, an, that's the new site that we're making to support the app, solu.app. Uh, and there'll be links to the, 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 uh, the two stores. And let's see. For, and what I'm working on is, um, you ever have, um, you ever have a, like a really annoying kind of, sound, repetitive sound, leaf blowers, maybe, uh, you name it, whatever is like an annoying thing, music that you don't, that is repetitive all the time. I'm, I'm working on a kind of a system. Um, it's a kind of sound conditioning. It's, it's not noise blocking. It's not noise canceling exactly, but it's a way to help the mind not seize on that which it thinks uh, is annoying. I'll give you a specific example of how this how this came to me. Um, I'm I have uh, I live in a place in a neighborhood called Ebor City in in Tampa. It's a older Cuban cigar manufacturing center, um, and there's a, a park called Centennial Park, and um, this the the the, the city plays um, throughout the day from seven in the morning to seven at night, seven days a week, um, um, music in this park to kind of give you a sense of like the, the Cuban and uh, 
Latin American Spanish heritage of this of this neighborhood. I, I love I love that music. What I don't like is its repetition. It's a fairly small playlist, um, and it's and I'm trying to do my work also. You know, I'm trying to do my pure tone work and I'm writing and whatnot. So if my windows are open, I can hear like the blaring trumpets and the <laughs> you know this music that is like oh yeah okay it's it's part of the the heritage but I don't want to hear this and then when I close my windows um I feel cut off from the world outside and oh and what's ama what's amazing about Ybor City is we have wild chickens the, the original <laughs> the original residents of this of this neighborhood kept yard chickens and the, you know over the years the yard chickens escaped and 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 <laughs> procreated and there are hundreds of there are hundreds of roosters and uh and hens and baby chicks always being born in this uh seven by twelve block square block area so i love to hear the the sounds be i love to be in a city and hear roosters as if i was in the country and then the other amazing sound is we have a 1930s vintage overhead wire electric streetcar system that runs between Ybor City and downtown and the the rattly clanging of this thing and then the and the whistle the whistle's beautiful um of all the and, and each one of these streetcars has a slightly different quality of a whistle so i like to hear all this stuff that's what i want to hear i want to hear the roosters i want to hear the streetcars and not so much do i want to hear the, the the music so what i what i'm working on and I have been able to achieve about 85% reduction in subjective annoyance. It's a combination of an audio technique and combined with mindfulness. It's, it's remarkable. Like I, I can now leave my windows open and, and I don't want to spill the beans about how I'm accomplishing this, but Instead of the sound that is coming to me from the park, which is a, a block away, I'm, I'm combining it with another sounds or sounds together. And the combination of those two disrupts the ability of my mind to seize on the thing and call it bad, do judgment, separation all of this stuff that you you know you asked me before what's the benefit of my meditation and mindfulness well it helps it helps give up this judgment and judgment is a way of being separate from others being separate from your environment it allows me to accept what's happening and and I'm, you know, and I try to quantify what the results I'm getting. It's remarkable. I feel like I'm 90% less annoyed <laughs> by an, an annoying thing. And oh, I think I can do this. And I think I can do this for anyone uh, because it's a self, it would be a self-contained system. So no matter what the sound is that's outside, it's really primarily intended for something that's outside that is coming into your home, which should be, a, should, there should be a, san, a sanctuary in the home. Or it could also work for people's workspaces. If, if, any, if people ever go back to work and um, they're um, not enthralled with their uh, 
next door cubicle dweller on the phone. This would help that kind of situation as well. So it's a it's a kind of sound conditioning. It's a kind of um, it's a kind of aid to acceptance, but it doesn't feel like you're giving up your 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 um your 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 identity. You're not losing anything. It's just it's like but the mind you're helping the mind not settle into opposition and settle into acceptance which is a whole lot more peaceful wow so that's, what I, that's what i'm working on the next thing wow 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 like all of that <laughs> i just can't even believe it like that is so complex and so brilliant and wow yeah, just keep following that inspiration because <laughs> yeah. like it just blows my mind. That is absolutely incredible. Wow. Well, uh, thank you. That's it. They, they keep coming, so I just gotta. I, I'm gonna have to keep working, I guess. Yeah, I guess you'll be busy for a while. Yeah, keep keep yeah. Uh, hitting the the ocean there between the Cape Cod and Nantucket, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Doing, doing whatever it is that drops you into being present because after you sit in those spaces is when all of the, the downloads, when you actually yeah. are intentional and take that time and space for yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget this after you mm -hmm. come out of that, then the downloads Absolutely. start coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yes. and, it's, and it's good to journal too. You know, daily pages, really important. I'm a, I'm a fountain pan fountain pen freak and uh uh love just do daily pages just just write it doesn't matter write with a pencil write with a ballpoint pen write in a ring bound school book doesn't matter but write every day write yes. in the morning and you can start by just saying just do it as a diary this happened that happened and that happened and you, what you're going to find is then you then you start to recognize your thoughts about what happened and your feelings about what happened so it's a great way to begin to to, to be uh you know to do this autobiographical work of paying attention it's just by putting down the facts of the day mm -hmm. for yourself for yourself not you know not to even share it's about you and your own brain and your own life so 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 yeah that's another wonderful technique so so whatever whatever presence whether it's dance, painting, sound in my case, physical activity, rock climbing, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, I think um, I think daily pages really really a powerful. You know, there's an old book, a classic book actually about this, um, uh, called "The Artist's Way" by Julia Cameron. This is a life changing book. The Artist's Way. It was published in about 1981, I think. 81, 82. Okay, I'll have to go check that one out. I haven't got my hands on it yet. Yeah, she. Uh, it's sort of like a workbook. Uh, but the, the, the crux of it is get a notebook. And just write. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So if you don't want to go grab the book, there's the breakdown. Get a notebook. Yeah, there you go. There <laughs> you it. go. The Cole's Notes version. Yeah. notebook and a yes. pen mm -hmm. all right this has been wonderful thank you yeah. again and yeah candace thank you so much and thanks for the extra the extra little time there you got your you have some editorial work cut out for you <laughs> <laughs>
Absolutely. I loved every single minute of it. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.